Hello everyone, my name is Dayton and you're welcome back to Savvy Within. I'm your host for today and today we're going to be talking about something very interesting. But before we go into that, let me ask you a question. Well, have you ever been asked if you're a smart worker or you're a hard worker? Or has someone ever told you, oh, don't work hard, work smart? Well, I'm sure you've heard either of those two phrases at some point in your life. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to be having a chit chat with my very good friend, Shegun Ajiboye, who works as a cybersecurity expert in a consulting firm in Nigeria. He has over six years of experience with cybersecurity. Today, Shegun is going to be sharing with us his perspective about working hard and working smart, what the differences are in his opinion, where either come to play and what are the things that you as either a team lead or a new person within a team actually should take note of or have at the back of your mind when you're introducing changes within your organization or within your team that you think would help your team work smart or work hard so before i talk a little too much let's go into the conversation with shegun and i'll catch you at the end of this episode Hi, Shegu Ajiboye. Or do I call you Taya Ajiboye? See, I don't know actually. Sweet. I have this dual thing where I have Shegu as my work name and Taya as my personal name. It's complicated. <laughs> um, you are someone I met at work and you are now yeah. my friend. So Shegu will do just fine. Let's do Shegu. Let's do Shegu. Yeah. Let's do Shegu. <laughs> How are you this beautiful morning? Well, it is a hot evening in Lagos. I'm all right. In the same context of the subjects of this podcast today did you have a smart working week or a hard working week <laughs> huh. or a combination i think i had a combination i had a com- i definitely had a combination i worked hard this week i worked mm-hmm. hard but within the hard work i was working smart as well ah. yeah so it was a combination well I, we, we, you you understand what i mean my ideas yeah. of work smart and work hard are kind of different from the average so you you understand ah. what i mean as we go on oh that's interesting so let's get into that so Shego, we used to work together about many years ago yeah many years ago I I when when Oh, when? That was 2017. May 2017 was when I left. So, yeah, up until three and a half years ago, we used to work together. Yeah. And we also used to work in an organization where the culture, in my opinion, was predominantly really hard work. When I say hard work, I'm saying like long hours. It was predominantly the volume of the work that you did that was really counted as... Um, valuable. Even though we did it, there was an expectation that you should work smart. So this is why this topic is actually really interesting to learn from you in terms of you spend longer years in that organization than I have. But let's see what your perspective is in terms of how has that been for you over the years and uh, what are the pointers that you have. But before we even deep dive into that conversation, let me get your perspective of what do you consider as working hard and working smart. You know, it has become like a cliche and I hear it, oh, work smart, don't work hard. But what does that mean to you? So for me, there is a difference between what people mean generally when they talk about this and how I think of it. I feel like generally when people talk about working hard, they mean old ways of working, traditional ways of working, activity-based ways of working, a style of work in which you equate activity to progress or effort to progress. As long as you have put in the hours, that's a good thing. Um, that I, I believe that's what people generally mean when they talk about working hard. Not really using 
like the shiny fancy ways of working and smart work would be the opposite of that being dynamic taking advantage of innovation taking advantage of technology um, finding ways to maximize your resources and by resources i mean things like um, time of course but also money people resources as well for me i just think working hard is doing the absolute best you can and that's why i said i i had the hard working week but i was also working smart mm -hmm. i understand what people mean when they say work hard versus work smart and i know how to use them those terms as well to communicate clearly in working hard you should find ways to work smart so to speak yeah. because yeah. doing your best would also require you to continue to find better ways so to speak also working in the kind of place where we used to work the workload is always huge yeah and so if you used to do something a task used to take you to say three hours and yeah. you find a way to get it done in like 30 minutes do you remain two and a half hours guess what there's other work that can fill up that time <laughs> yeah you understand so yeah. you don't get to reduce your three hours to 30 minutes and just get up and go home say bye <laughs> exactly you don't just get to say bye and move on like that so so yeah that's that's how i think of work hard work hard versus work smart, versus work smart. That, that makes sense there was something you mentioned from the beginning like working hard many people think about it like oh the traditional way of working activity based one mm -hmm. dependent on the number of hours that you put into the work and working smart is more about efficiency and i would say maybe in terms of the outcomes that you're trying to achieve not necessarily so, the activities so, that go into it so for working smart for me for it to be valid the mm -hmm. outcome has to be similar to the traditional way really. yeah because yeah if i spend 30 minutes on the task and i don't achieve what i used to achieve in three hours then can i really say that i was efficient so i worked smart the outcome has to be equal or better yeah you must not compromise on the quality that you expect absolutely uh, but you may decide to approach the work in a different manner you know using different authorized methodologies but then the outputs or the outcome that we expect does not change yes okay right. now you know sometimes for example like you said where we used to work guess what a couple of people or a couple of organizations get paid by the hour right yes and before the job even starts they have an estimated number of hours that it would take to work when i moved away from that organization it was a bit of a conflict for me going to an organization where we were not billed billing by hours because i was coming from a place where before a project starts we check the number of hours we know what it costs a person per hour to do a certain job and then we multiply that and that's what the client gets to pay and of course our profitability is based on the number of hours that we put into the work. But then I got back into an organization where they were not billing by the hour, they were billing by get this job done. So just still pivoting on that first point, how do you think that this whole agenda of organizations billing per hour for like a consulting organization really affects our ability to work out and work smart? Because now the organizational leadership is conflicted between where we need to put in billable hours, right? But then we need to also deliver value to the customer. So at what point do we draw the line between overcharging our customers for the hours that we put in where it could have been reduced and actually just doing good job? As far as overcharging, I feel like market dynamics handle that generally because when you're proposing to a client on a project, you're not the only one making that proposal. Other mm -hmm. people are making that proposal as well. If your fee is not reasonably within the general bracket that your competitors are 
billing, then mm-hmm. you will have problems. So you don't really have opportunities to overcharge because there are people who will use the fee to try to force the client to give them the work, yeah. right? And if you're not sensitive to that, you will price yourself out of the market. Yeah. I think the problem exists on the inside when we start to think about profit because the, the fee is the fee. You now have to find a way to work within that fee. So if you have efficient ways of working, more efficient ways of working, you will be able to work in a reasonable way within that fee and have some profit left. Yeah. If your manner of working is not the most efficient way, then you may find yourself maxing out the budget or even mm-hmm. overshooting the budget. Mm-hmm. And then you may have to have conversations with the client to build them for the extra. Guess what? Those conversations are not easy conversations to have. It, it's important, I think, in organizations where they bill hourly or any time-based billing to make sure that they have ways of doing the work efficiently without compromising quality because clients do not care about any of that about your hours they don't know they don't care this is what you promised get it done and of course if you are if you're a place where you find ways to be efficient be dynamic work smart quote unquote Mm -hmm. that may work better Mm -hmm. the flip side of that though is that it takes time sometimes it takes time to find ways to work smarter working smarter working efficiently something you have to develop and the time you spend doing that development what what how do you account for it exactly how exactly how do you account for that cost generally is it r&d is it just something you write off is it what do you call it so that's something organizations have to think about as well yeah it's probably safe to say that before you get to the point of working smart some in quotes traditional hard work must have gone into it for you to find ways to now say you know what this was it wasn't efficient or wasn't working we can do better this way you don't just i mean sometimes you already know what what is smart and what is not smart but sometimes like you said it keeps developing because you now begin to find ways by which we could do this better we don't have to spend six hours you know doing xyz activity we can easily do it this way uh, or thinking about things from the point of view of well if we don't do it now what do we Absolutely. lose by postponing this work till later it's also smart work trying to understand what to do and what not to do not necessarily committing time but before we also like deep dive into like organizations and all let's put this in perspective of individuals right what is a working hard example and then the comparative working smart approach that you've probably experienced in your time okay recently i had a particular situation um, but mm-hmm. i had to do some work i i was doing some interactions with an application and i came to a point where i had to do something about 600 times to achieve what i was trying to achieve the problem is that i don't want to sit down with a long list and start to type this this hit enter click that is interaction one yeah. and then i go on to do two and then three and four i will i i will sleep there (laughs) that will take all day some people might be impressed if i show up the next day and say yesterday i sat down with this long list and it it was 600 different things and i was able to get it done i finished it and and i just drum myself up and make myself sound nice because i did this very long thing and it took me 48 hours or 72 hours that that would be an example of what would be called hard work. I put in the effort, I put in the time. It was tedious, but I got it done. Luckily for me, and this luckily has a caveat, the previous week in my own research and self-development, I came across 
something called Selenium. Selenium is a framework for automation. So when I saw it, I thought, hey, this, this thing looks really cool. Let's learn it. Problem was that I hadn't learned it well enough to be able to handle that task. Okay. If I had succeeded in automating it, it would probably have taken two hours to get the whole thing done. So based on what we said a few minutes ago, putting in the time to learn an automation framework, that is some of the work that needs to be done for you to be able to work smart. So yeah. in this particular instance, I basically found someone who whose time is cheaper than mine. <laughs> but it's a game yeah. of numbers and profitability. If a task is tedious, you want to find the cheapest way to do it. So I basically found someone whose time is cheaper than mine and he worked on it the hard way. He had the results. So that that's a case where there was a hard option, there was a smart option, but I had not made the investment to be able to use the smart option. Mm -hmm. And so we had to go with the hard option. Yeah. The example you just gave now, it kind of seems like it's not always a hard either or option in every situation right it's sometimes and it depends is that correct i would say it should always be a combination of both okay um, put your best foot forward in everything you do do your best work sometimes yeah. that best work means going to do a lot of research doing a lot of learning continuous learning to make sure for example you are familiar with the technologies which would be helpful in your work mm -hmm. sometimes these technologies are weird and they don't have a lot of documentation mm -hmm. um, and you might suffer in just finding the resources to learn it sometimes mm -hmm. you are even willing to pay for courses but you cannot find those courses yeah or you find the course but they don't accept your credit card because you're <laughs> part of the world yeah that's that's it that's a different conversation and so you have to go the long difficult path yeah sometimes you find the resources but they are expensive so i showed you the the sim i had set up a few minutes ago i actually set up a server and i manually installed installed the components one by one guess yeah. what if you go to the aws marketplace i know you will find a one click thing and it spins the whole thing up for you but i was not willing to spend that money also i wanted to get a more intricate understanding of that mm -hmm. technology mm -hmm. and if i just use what somebody else has done that creates like a learn. black box exactly yeah. you don't learn the details yeah. so i went the hard way yeah. and the hard way was difficult so mm -hmm. you you have to do that hard work to be the kind of professional you want to be mm -hmm. To be the kind of authority you want to be, to, mm -hmm. to be the kind of expert you want to be, you have to dive in, go in hard, get to the nitty gritty stuff, get your hands dirty. And yeah. when you are done with that, you now have a knowledge base and a skill base that you can use to reduce a one week How task work? to three hours. So I... you have to work hard to be able to work smart. That's how I exactly, see. exactly. You need to have like done that groundwork for you to be able to identify places to optimize. I was having a conversation with the colleague at work this week and the conversation with her made me realize that there are different schools of thoughts when it comes to how people work so she gave me an illustration and she was like well i've been doing xyz for the past 20 years and my idea of doing this well is i sit down on my computer i click on a button and the process runs seamlessly and all i'm doing is sitting down and waiting for errors and triggers and warnings and i and when i see those errors 
triggers and triggers and warnings, I do something about it to fix it. That is my idea of what we should be doing. But somebody else has another idea, which is basically having a long list of, let's say, 50 scripts to run. And he picks the scripts one by one because, well, he knows what is in this. He knows what is in the scripts. He knows what to do. He knows how to figure out his way around it. But those are two extremely different schools of thought. Someone believes she clicks a button and everything happens and she deals with the errors and the logs. Investing in the process to get the job done. But then someone is maybe raw enough to like get into the nitty gritty and be doing everything one by one. Both may get us the same results at the end of the day. But how do you juggle, let's say you're in an organization and you have to work with people that have this kind of disparate ideologies when it comes to how we work? (laughs) So first of all, in an organization that is a very time-based place, a lot of the time, getting work done in a shorter amount of time is welcome because that time directly translates to money. But that is not all the time because I have worked with people who prefer the long, hard way. So there will always be people who defy your expectation. For me, it's a, you have things to think about when you find yourself in that situation. Your results may be able to win your boss over. Your smart work results, your, your new shiny style might be able to win your boss over. Mm-hmm. So you can take a risk by going your own route and hoping it will convince them. That will be a risk because sometimes your boss will feel insulted. They might feel like we had a discussion. This is how you're supposed to do it. Or they might we feel like... Um, Yes. Or they might feel like this is how it's always been done for years by people who have all the, uh, 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 so much more knowledge and experience than you. Why do you think you're smarter than... Like people get personal sometimes with these things. Like it just gets crazy. So you're taking a risk by trying to do it your way. Mm-hmm. If you choose to take that risk, make sure you know your stuff. <laughs> make sure you know your stuff. Because it will be bad if you go your way and your way does not work. And your yeah. way, like we said earlier, and your way compromises the quality of the results mm-hmm. and your way does not produce results that are equal or better than the old way right if you if you try your your smart way and your boss is not having it you need to think about what it means if you are being compelled to work the old traditional way especially if you are in a field where there are a lot of innovations i like we were in cyber security it is a fast moving field your knowledge gets obsolete very quickly mm-hmm. so if you have been forced to work in an old traditional way you need to consider the possibility that you may not be relevant for much longer mm-hmm. if that is the case you may need to find a way to no longer work with that boss mm-hmm. i don't know what that means in in your situation it might mean uh changing teams or going to another department yeah. going to another organization entirely but are there benefits to working hard quote-unquote which would make your obsolescence acceptable in, in your in your own long run career plans is it okay for you to not be abreast of development or for you to not be moving as fast as you would expect yes as you should as the field is moving as Mm -hmm. you know capable of moving Mm -hmm. so so what what does that mean for you as an individual Mm -hmm. and are there other advantages that offset that that risk of obsolescence and let's be honest people are in different organizations for different reasons yeah some people will stay because the pay is really good even though the work is not enjoyable and yeah. you need the pay because hey guess what you need to take care of your sick mother and and so you make that sacrifice and that is okay but just think about it i will not say there is a one way to go
go about it. But if you think about the impact that will have on you as a professional in the long run, yeah. uh, then you will need to think about that and make a decision. Absolutely. That's cool. You know that sometimes when you keep working on something consistently, sometimes you even lose consciousness of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, it just gets into pilot. Yeah, and the motions and what this is what I'm doing. In my week notes last week, <laughs> I identified a task that I've been doing for the past three months as the most manual and tedious thing I've had to do in recent times. Basically, it literally involves me looking to two different spreadsheets and matching stuff on those spreadsheets with my eyes, like just on my computer screen. From the second week that I started working on that task, I knew it was hard work and not smart work. I've had, a, I've had conversations with people that are supervising or providing guidance on that work and we've agreed that, that this, is, this is not the way to get this done. And they've actually suggested I say, hey, why don't you hire an intern to do this? And I've tried to hire an intern, but then, you know, things are happening. But yeah. my inner conscience knows that this is an absolute waste of my time in terms of inputs like i'd rather be doing something else than do this but you know what i know and i'm happy to do it reason being that they are like texts so i'm reading and i'm trying to understand yes it's unstructured data so i'm reading i'm trying to understand okay how does this text relate to this text how does this text relate to this text Ah. can it suffice can it not suffice is it close enough in explanation to this okay yeah it's close enough let's match it together if it's not close enough uh sometimes i have to like watch videos to even be able to like make that decision and judgment but my inner conscience knows that it's hard work that it could be done smarter but i just go ahead with it because i'm looking for something some people do not necessarily have that sense of is this a waste of my time but at the times my question now is that i feel like there are times where hard work that it looks like a waste of your time is actually kind of valuable in the long run like this scenario where i mentioned where the judgments that i can make as the owner of the business it's not the same judgment that an intern will Absolutely. make for me. Absolutely. Right? So, so when it gets to that level where you need to bring the weight of your years of experience and knowledge, then it's no longer just manual labor. It's no longer just manual work or repetitive yeah, work. Yeah, repetitive work, yes. Because there will be context. There will be, it will change a lot. For me, for example, something as, as repetitive as reporting, writing reports for clients. Because of my years of experience, sometimes a, a team member writes a report and they send it to me for review before it goes out to the client. And when I read the reports, I know that this item number six, the client will fight you on it. It is a statement of fact, but the way you have written it, they will not accept it. And it will lead to very long, drawn out, unnecessary arguments. So here's what we are going to do. We are going to rewrite it. We will write it in a different way. We will keep the message of it. But at the same time, we have to, you, you cannot write things like this in a report. You might think of reporting as one of those things that, so as we are going through the project, we have a shared worksheet where we all document the issues we are finding that are going to go into the report. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we just say, okay, we have this report format and so we can assign somebody who is not too senior to just put the the items into that format. But sometimes when you take a 
second look at it, you realize that, no, we can't do this. So at that point, it's not just using a report format to communicate the things we had in a Google Sheets. Mm-hmm. There is thought that has that to go. Goes. been in so many presentations where we present findings that when I see some findings, I can anticipate that they will drag you on this. They will simply not accept it. Not because yeah. it's not true, but because, I mean, people have all kinds of motivations. Sometimes people are trying to protect their jobs. People are trying to yeah. do to the board yeah. and directors. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's not just, it's no longer just a copy and paste. I am actually bringing all the experience I have. And context. And context and saying this will not be acceptable. Sometimes mm-hmm. something that is not acceptable, I mean, the way it's been discussed that it's not acceptable to person A might be acceptable to person B because um, they have a different attitude to you as a consultant generally. Sometimes you're in environments where they know that whatever findings you find, we welcome them as a means to improve ourselves as an organization. And so even just that context will make a difference in the way you report. Absolutely. Mm. I know some people are receptive. I know some people have more job security than others. Yeah. So when I yeah. know that, when we get to the reporting, we are not just writing a factual description of findings. Mm-hmm. Because you know that if you just write the thinnest, the most skeletal, honest way, you're going to... <laughs> Which is also being smart, right? You've done the yes. hard work by finding X, Y, Z, but then there has to be some smart work that you put into it that considers context, the mm-hmm. motivation to make sure that, you know, diplomacy in your own case... To communicate it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything that we've said kind of buttresses your initial point about it's not an either-or situation. It's always exactly. a mishmash of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are, there are different ways that we've also touched on low-key about how you can work smart. Like in this case, understanding diplomacy and context helps you work smart. Like it means, Absolutely. you know, it, we don't just say it the way it is or we don't just like say, oh, exactly. run a, an automated system, boom, and then that's it. Whatever comes out is what comes out. There's context and diplomacy. There's also one you mentioned earlier in terms of paying for the work to be done. Would I do it or would I rather outsource it to somebody who thinks it's worth their time (laughs) to actually do the work? So so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. And uh, as someone who works in information security, there are a lot of tools out there Mm. that you can enter GitHub. You will find so many things that people have created and they just put there free of charge. Everybody go download it, use it. The, The thing about tools is that if you rely on tools too much, it can make you a shallow professional. Absolutely. And I try to advise people not to um, work with black boxes too much. You don't know you what goes a, on the inside. You already have a blind spot. Yeah, exactly. You have a big blind spot. The day the tool breaks down, you will not be able to fix it. Yep. If the tool gives you false positives, for example, you may not know how to identify them, why the tool gives false positives, how to work around that. Mm-hmm. But also, you as a professional, you are a slightly less knowledgeable professional. And when that kind of thing happens, when, you're, when your client succeeds in punching a hole in your finding, they just apply that kind of mentality to your the entirety of your work and they start to question the quality of your work the rigor of your work they start to question your expertise as a professional you never ever want that so even though you've done some smart work in using the automation you have to go do some manual work too to ensure that you can preserve your reputation so having that mix is important in being able to work smart one of the things i have also find is being sensitive to culture hmm. i have met people who will be like hey baba far you did with certain people it's a yes sir no sir please sir thank you sir if you do not you will just magically find that your work is slow yeah <laughs> because you have probably created an impression of rudeness to them without even realizing it 
-hmm. And so we're just like a herd of turtles trudging through peanut butter. (laughs) So some organizations have the culture of, their culture is to make work look difficult, spend time. But if you walk in there with the attitude of, oh, I'm here to change the world. (laughs) 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 To you, 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 I can take your job in two days. Or making it look like where a tool can do what the entire department is doing right now. Why do you have this much people here? When so, so that that's something to be very careful of, even within your own organization, even if you're not in like consulting, if you're trying to be the guy who brings changes, mm-hmm. you have to be careful not to insult people. Yeah, by thinking you are trying to be smart and efficient. You will never be able to work without people. So in that case, for example, if you walk into a team and you find that there is a piece of software that, that can efficiently do maybe a huge portion of someone's work, mm-hmm. how about train the person on how to use the software? The, the, the team gains the efficiency but the person preserves their dignity exactly and then we we free up the person's time and the person can now take on other More responsibilities but to just walk in and say you <laughs> i can i can get your work done i remember there was an episode of the big bang theory where yeah. where um sheldon was Sheldon's going around because he was frustrated with his work and he went to raj and raj said he started to design a simple piece of software that could replace me and, and someone was like is that really possible and Raj was like as it turns out yes apparently yeah because so, everybody will protect their turf nobody exactly. wants to nobody wants to feel irrelevant in their work so you as either a leader like an organization manager or even a team member it's very important to actually be careful how you frame or word your your smart ways your smart ideas your smart ideas to make sure that you don't make people feel irrelevant because absolutely that's that's going to suck you don't just wake up and decide to go as your spirit leads right (laughs) (laughs) there has to be like let's know what you're trying to do at that point you cannot begin to now say oh okay why am i doing xyz Oh, do I have any other information that has come in right now that may change how and why I'm doing what I'm doing? doing this, yeah. Because sometimes also, I find that we get into work and even if information changes to decide whether we should keep doing what we are doing the way we are doing it, sometimes you refuse, your brain refuses to accept <laughs> that information <laughs> because you think, I have spent six months doing this thing. I must see it to the end. Ooh, yeah. Like we take, we take the work personal. We take it personal because you now think about how much you know you've invested into it like i think that's a human thing though and human beings are just um it's hard to work on something for a very long time and just watch it go away in, mm-hmm. in some form or the other watch it change in the long run it's just it's better if mm-hmm. you if you find a way to do it better yeah do you have any situation like that where you like invested a lot of time and effort into something in your mind maybe it was probably smart and at some point you're like okay we we need to make a decision here have you ever had that kind of experience before i'm I'm sure i have but none come to mind right now stopping to say yo we cannot continue like this that's a familiar feeling i'm trying to think of one scenario i've had maybe recently it was actually about this time last year you know i'm doing a lot of projects within the educational sector and this was (laughs) this was right from when i was back in nigeria and i had a a 
project in mind. You know, it was something to support teachers, right? So at every point in time, I always had like check-ins with my school advisors to say, hey, how are you making progress? And all that. So this was just the beginning of the program. And from the get-go, my school advisor kept doing why, why? Have you validated this? Why? Why do you want to do this? Why, why, why? And I'm like, ah, auntie, you're not Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand this problem like I do. I want to invest my time in solving this problem. But she was not convinced. Obviously, one, because she's an independent person that is not as invested in the idea as much as I am. Independent person, I'm just trying to critique it. It's your business if you decide to go ahead with it. So I was very personal. This went on towards the end of last year and I got schools to pilot with. It was really difficult, actually, because communication was difficult. The time difference was difficult. Sometimes I'll get messages at 3 a.m. my time here. And I'm like, so it was really difficult the internet. So by the time I kept going through my problem discovery phase, I realized that whatever it is that I was proposing was not even going to work because at the root of the problem that I was trying to solve was access to internet, access to computers, access to good mobile phones. So I was not thinking, my problem is not to solve your internet problem. Yeah. Your phone problem. My problem is to provide you, use technology to enable you to do X, Y, Z. If you, technology if you should have, already exist. If you don't have internet and I'm even struggling to reach you people then we need to talk so <laughs> i kept going deeper into problems that i was not willing to solve and my motivation was reducing but i kept doing it like meanwhile my school has been saying you are here why don't you try out this within this environment where you can easily walk up to someone's office and get stuff that you need you can easily make a phone call you can easily book an appointment instead of having to like coax people all the way from here in nigeria okay. when covid 19 struck and everybody was just scrambling about how to survive covid and my schools were not answering my teachers were not answering Nobody told me. I, so I said, I'm done. <laughs> you know what? I'm done. I'm ready wow. to now sit down here and begin to face what are the challenges within that yeah. similar system here. And then that was how I shut it down. This was an idea that I had invested years of thoughts into. Of course, when I was back there, right? With the mindset yeah. that, oh, I'm going to do this for my people. The situations changed. COVID-19. So I think that was one recent one that like, yeah, I literally like said, I'm not doing it again. Yeah, so, I, I think it's, 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 it's part of life though. It's a good skill to have, to know when to walk away and to know when to let go. Girl. So just make the like this is the smart decision at this point in time. It's not necessarily like keep drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling. Yeah. So just to wrap this up, is there any advice that you have for like young professionals regarding working hard or working smart beyond everything that you've already said? Know your stuff. Know your stuff. If you're the person who wants to change the way things are done, you should expect resistance. You should know why it is better. Know why you need this change in the way you work. For example, um, again, because I work in a place where time is money, <coughs> anything that will help people get the same amount of work done in a shorter amount of time can make me a superstar. So know what the important things are in your own context. And if you're trying to propose changes, find a way to tie it to that important variable. Do not assume that your <laughs> Like, can you Do not see? <laughs> Do not take that attitude. I beg you, do not take that attitude. Don't think, why haven't people thought about this before? Why are you here to 
waste my life. I mean, I know you're 25 years in the industry and you've been doing this this way, but now um, I'm fresh out of school. I don't want to waste my life. You may have, like, don't insult people. The other thing that I think, um, especially young professionals should think about is consider the possibility that you are not familiar enough with the problem, especially if you are new in a team, if you are new in an organization, consider the possibility that you are not familiar enough with the problem. Um, yeah. That creates room for collaboration with more experienced people. And that way you can bring them on board mm. and have to do less convincing. Sometimes exactly. people, especially new people in a team mm. with these shiny new ideas, and you can just tell that they haven't been around for very long. Just consider that possibility. Spend some time getting familiar with the problem, talking to people who have been doing this for a long time, mm. and th- that will actually help. Very profound, especially when you're new in a team. When you're new in a team, it's very easy to see all the things that are wrong. Problems. All the problems. Why do not Anyway, bonus question. We actually ask every speaker on the podcast this question, right? Okay. So it's your turn. If you actually had an extra hundred thousand dollars, how would you spend it and why? Are you going to send me the hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, sure. <laughs> wow, that's nice. You have said it, everybody has heard it. Oh I'm yeah. Accountable. Okay. <laughs> right now, if I had an an extra hundred thousand dollars, I would take a vacation. Okay. A vacation where I would be completely disconnected from the world. Damn. No phones, no laptops, no social media. Nobody call me. Nobody text me. Nothing. I would just go with some books. I would find one of those um, fancy huts on the water. You know, you know those those places where you can dive into the ocean from your living room. You know, those, <laughs> fancy, those places. Yeah, I would find one of those fancy places and um, just disconnect. That that would be very beneficial to me. And then I would find investments to do with the rest of the money. So, How long so do you I would, think you will go without? having to connect with anyone like without maybe a like phone a, with... maybe like a week maybe two weeks I'll be bored the, the ideal situation would be like some resort style place where there are other people around that I can interact with yeah um, and then if I have books I'll be good that's interesting <laughs> So when you walk out of a room, what do you hope that people would say about you? Ha! I hope people would say that I'm a sensible person. I hope people would say that I put a lot of thoughts into the things I say. I don't have like a careless loose mouth. Yeah. I feel like some of the most subjective things like being liked or being found to be attractive, those are things that are not always within my control. Oh yeah. Anyway, we've come to the end of the podcast and this was an enlightening episode. Thank you for coming. Is it just me or that was a really insightful conversation? The most profound statement for me actually was consider the possibility that you don't understand the problem enough. As young professionals and possibly people new in an organization, there's that possibility for you to think that people don't adopt some smart practices because they don't understand or they're not aware that those things exist. But what if they've really tried it and it doesn't really work with the scenario that they are currently facing. So consider the possibility that you don't understand the problem enough. It opens the room for collaboration, opens the room for sharing, and also opens the room for you to be able to learn actually how things work. The entire episode has really taught us that the question we asked at the beginning about are you a hard worker or are you a smart worker, it's not really an either or situation, right? It's always an it depends as it is with everything. There's no either or situation here. It's a mix of both. And before you get to the point where you're working smart, there's a lot of hard work, time and investment that must have been committed into being able to automate 
and adopt smart practices. So I hope you remember that every time you consider proposing changes to how your teams work or even how you organize your own work individually. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. I hope this was helpful and I'll catch you very soon. Bye.